to Romance Isn't Dead, episode 44. We are rolling down the highway with Torpedo Inc. today. How are we doing, Ray? Sweltering. Sweltering? My clothes are sticking to me. This country, I love, I love my country. Don't get me wrong. And I love hot weather, but we weren't designed for it. (laughs) Oh, how hot is it, honey? It's 86, I think. I know that's not in comparison with you. That's not very hot. But but South Carolina is kind of designed for this weather. The South Coast is not. Um, Yeah, that's total amateur. That's an amateur move on your part. (laughs) She just stuck her tongue out at me. Air conditioning in houses doesn't tend to exist. It's not not really the thing well actually here in the south southern part of the united states the architecture is designed to this is a digression and i apologize but the architecture of homes is actually designed to facilitate uh, air flow through and so that's why especially in older homes many of them are built up off the ground and you, the air can flow underneath the house and then big windows that you can open so you get the air like cross breezes and stuff like that so actually our architecture is designed for our weather as yeah. well now i, don't I do live think... in one of those crazy wonderful old homes i live in you know a home circa 1990 that you know well yeah, it's you 1990 that. i don't i don't think that i sort of um I'm in a great position being on the first floor or second floor of you in the States in that I've got a flat underneath mine and a flat above mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm probably in the winter, fantastic. Well, it would be if my seals hadn't gone on my windows. In the winter, really, really good because I've got the heat coming from both mm-hmm. directions. In the summer, not so great. <laughs> it's boiling. She says it's boiling, y'all. <laughs> so sweet. It is boiling. My clothes are sticking to me. It's gross. And Lunchtime. I found the massive advantage to working from home, though. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, on Friday I went and had a shower at lunchtime. Well, that Couldn't is have done that advantage. if I was stuck in the office. That's definitely true. Definitely, definitely true. I understand, and, and I know it's just a, a climate difference, and it is what it is. But yeah, for me. I, I read an article and someone was like, oh, they fled the boiling heat of the Capitol. It's been 88 degrees. And I was like, what? <laughs> 88? That's like, I still wear jeans. <laughs> but it's just, yeah. So we're talking about the weather. But today we're actually supposed to talk about a Christine Feehan book called Vengeance Road. Uh, it is the second in her Torpedo Inc. series. And we discussed briefly last time that we really haven't done any motorcycle club romance. And you kind of see these things pop up and like different things like, did this come from the Sons of Anarchy phase or what like that? So anyway, here we are. And um, yeah, Ray, what are you thinking? You, you wanted to say something. I just plowed right on. <laughs> I I mean, I have to admit, I literally started this book yesterday evening. Mm-hmm. Um, I read 35% before I finally went to sleep mm-hmm. and then woke up early this morning to finish it. Mm-hmm. So my, I'm very, it's very, very fresh in my head. And I did, as I was reading it, it, have to stress when I say I made marks in it, it's my Kindle. It's not a book. I do not write in books unless they're for 
college um, and I made a few notes and and bookmarked a few pages as I was going through it. Um, I mean, when we were discussing what book to do, the first thing you said to me was a little bit problematic. There are certain themes in the book that are a little bit questionable, maybe a little bit disturbing. I, I mean, I'm not desensitized to it. I don't think anybody who's human is desensitized to it. I found the names really annoying. The that was my key focus. Okay, hers the... specifically. Breezy. Hers. Yeah, because he kept on every every other sentence. It was breezy. Then it was bree. Then it was breezy, and it was like, oh, for God's sake, just make up your bloody mind and call her something. Really? And it really irritated me. That it didn't pulled me out me. of the story. Interesting. Interesting. It actually pulled me out of the story because I don't know if it, it may well be um, a cultural thing, but nobody would be cruel enough to name their child Breezy. Oh, in the South? Oh, absolutely. Breezy would be a, could easily be a name. In, in yeah, as the I American said, it must be a cultural thing. Yeah, uh, because she's, she's from <laughs> Louisiana. Yeah, she's from Louisiana. And uh, just to sort of kind of give people a, a, a background on this, um, this book is one of Christine Feehan's, obviously I just mentioned that, um, and I, of course, for whatever reason, don't have it pulled up on my Kindle. I've got a different book pulled up on my Kindle at the moment because clearly that makes sense. And, um, but, but the thing with Vengeance Road, uh, the idea is Steele is the vice president of Torpedo Inc., and we can talk a little bit about what that means in a minute. And then his ex-girlfriend, who he broke up with in one of the cruelest possible ways, is Breezy. And she was pregnant at the time, very young. And she didn't realize she was pregnant, but she probably had an idea that she might be. And he, he kind of just scrapes her off and gives her some money and implies terrible things. And so she's gone. And... It's, it's, it tore him up inside. Now, the name didn't bother me because I live in a region of the country that will actually name their daughters Birdie. So, Breezy didn't even... The look yeah, on Ray's was, face. <laughs> the look on Ray's face. And, I mean, even my name, even my name is just a nickname. So, I mean... If you this... say that, I grew up... I went to school with four girls called Sally. It's quite a popular name over here. It's not a popular name here, but it is a, it is a family name, and it shows up mostly, like, people name their daughter Sally here after somebody else. <laughs> so, I, I guess, I guess to me, Breezy's name doesn't bother me when you've got somebody called Absinthe, and you've got somebody called Maestro, and somebody called Player. I just... Yeah, but you see, I think for me, it wasn't so much her name that irritated me. It was it the, was the fact forth? that... It was the back and forth. Because if they stuck with Breezy all the way through, though mm -hmm. I have to admit, when I when she first came on the scene and they said Breezy, I nearly peed myself laughing. Um, and I'm not joking, I nearly did. And it wouldn't have bothered me had they stuck with either Breezy or Bree all the way through the book. And again... It I... wouldn't have bothered me at all, but every single time you'd read one sentence and then two sentences later, she's back to the other name again. It's like, oh God, please just make up your mind. Call her one thing. 
Really? See, again, I guess because I grew up with a lot of people having nicknames, it never even, like, to me, it seemed like a very natural thing to do. I had a good, I have a good friend named Brittany, and I rotate between Brittany and Brit all the time. Brit or Brittany my Brittany. I mean, I just, I, I rotate all the time, so it didn't bother me. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. But then that just goes from. to show a cultural difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I find that interesting because I think Miss Feehan lives on the West Coast. I think she lives in California. Um, so I'm not sure, but I'm not sure where her roots are, you know. But with, but I know she's done a lot of research um, because some of her Ghost Walker series is in Louisiana as well so i know she's done some research into that area and so i think that she probably was looking for an unusual name she was apparently born in california in yukaya am i pronouncing that right i have zero idea i don't have it in front of me it's u-k-i-a-h i probably say yukaya is right cool but that's where she grew up Okay, so she's from California, and and I would imagine she's done a lot of research for Louisiana in particular because she's got a a book, series of books, many of which are set there. What have you just discovered? That she has 11 children. She was busy. That's not unusual for a boomer, but dang. And one of her sons passed away in a motorcycle accident. Interesting. So there may be some element of catharsis here. It's highly possible. We don't want to read into we don't want to read into her motivations, but it would explain an interest in motorcycles. Um, like she might have grown up around them. Um, or it's possible. Not that her, not like saying her dad or anything was in a motorcycle gang, but like she might have. There might have been a, a club in her town or something like that. So, anyway, I know she's done research. So, you had trouble getting over the name thing. What else? I I don't know. I mean, there were certain things I found that there was a lot of repetition. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think I noticed that more because I read it pretty much in one sitting. Right, right, right. And I right. think had I taken breaks and read something else because I hadn't left it till the last minute because... When would I ever do that? Um, how many times have you seen me <laughs> sitting here? I've just got to finish this book before we start talking about it yeah, in 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's kind of my thing. But um, I read it all in, I suppose, in two very, very close together sittings. Mm-hmm. And there were certain things that felt incredibly repetitive mm-hmm. to me. As um, I, uh, I, I did post... Um, I posted something on Facebook earlier about I was reading it. It's a very easy read. It's very, very quick to read. But at the same time, there were certain elements of the story that frustrated me. Okay, let me ask you this question. It is book number two, technically, in Torpedo, Inc., but there is a prequel to it, which I think is the last of the the Drake series um, or Sea Haven series. I have to double-check that. But did you feel like you needed the background no, no, because I, I think, think you that, would. I think that because 
these were two totally separate characters and I know that the first story is about two other characters Mm -hmm. we were getting to know the ones that were focused in this book namely Steel and Brie um but it was I was very there were certain elements of the story that confused me in fact I one of them I brought up because I was like um okay am I reading a supernatural book or am I reading you are it doesn't make it very clear. But you're there absolutely are right. There that bring up that question of, like when it's um, close to the end of the book, when he's talking about the experience he had where he witnessed one of his brothers dying. Well, not his brothers, but his sort of brothers dying. It's, he had an affinity for metal. I was like, what? Yes, I absolutely. I had to st- take a step back and go, I don't recall any apart from the fact that they say that he's a natural healer, I don't recall any sort of hint of the supernatural in the book. And it confused me. I think it was player was sitting on the roof and controlling the animals when they were going to get Zane. And that was one of those things that was like, um, and that is one of the things that this, (laughs) this series doesn't seem to play as much to the supernatural as any of the rest of her books. Which no. I thought was an interesting choice because, and, and, I, and let me say this too. As this series goes on, I think it plays a little more to it because I think that's where Feehan is at home, is in the supernatural. Yeah. But then I do think that there was I, there was either, a, for me, it was either remove all the supernatural and get rid of it completely because the rest of it is based in the real world, though not a world I'm at all familiar with and most people probably aren't, or put the, or actually make it something more. That was, okay. that was where I had a problem. Right. No, I understand. That is one of those things. With, I read this book first in the series, which is why I didn't hesitate to say to you, I think we could read this one first. Um, and so I read this one first, then I went back and read book one, then I read book this one again, then book three and four, and then book five comes out in like February. So... Um, y- this book in particular, I think, really sort of sidelines the supernatural a little more. No, 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 no. Anya and Reaper's story sidelines it too. Um, because... Do you re- think it would have read... That's the thing. I mean, would it have read the same without the supernatural in it? Any mention of the supernatural? For me, it felt like it was almost shoehorned in because it needed to be there rather than it was a, a coherent, necessary part of the story. That's an interesting take on it. I don't think it was necessarily needed in this book. Um, I think it's a little bit more needed in the next couple books, maybe. Uh, no, 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 no. It's not really needed in Isis' book. Um, I, you know, I would just say that it's probably just one of those things where she had given them these these superpowers sort of before it, when she introduced us to Zahar and Blythe in their book, which was the end of that Haven series, I think. Sea Haven series. And so she had to keep them. And I didn't think of it as shoehorning it in. 
but I could see where it might feel that way. But that wasn't yeah, how I thought of it. I mean, as you said, you were talking about the birds thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds really strange, but I didn't click on the birds bit initially. It was almost like I was, and I didn't skim read it. I've read it. Otherwise, I don't think I'd have picked out half of the stuff I have. Yeah. And. But you were reading fast. I mean, you know. I was, yeah, but I always read fast. Me too. (laughs) I've got five books on the go. If I didn't read fast, I'd never get anything done. But at the same time, I felt that it was not really fitting with the story as it was written. It felt like the story was trying to be adding in the supernatural made it try to it try to be too many things hmm. that it didn't need to be it could have either been a book about a motorcycle gang mm-hmm. or it could have been a supernatural book about a motorcycle gang but the way that they were melded together didn't quite work the way i wonder if it was intended to because it would have bred the same without the supernatural stuff mm-hmm. Because I didn't really. So you felt like it was kind of a clumsy weld as opposed to. Yeah, I didn't. I I mean, it was so. They were really such throwaway comments. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, so um, he has an affinity for metal. Did that really make any difference to the story? No, because it was literally mentioned in one line. Mm -hmm. Um, He had natural healing abilities. But then, of course, he's also a surgeon. So did that really matter? No. The birds thing, was it, to me, it just felt shoehorned. And as I said, it it really did feel like it was just shoved in there. And I don't think it would have made much difference to the story had it not been there. Hmm. There was certain, as I said, I mean, the the affinity for metal thing is where I suddenly it was the first point and it's really close to the end of the book where I sat back and I went is this meant to be supernatural Mm. because that was the first time it really clicked with me and then I realized it was just one line see I I felt like I I didn't have as much of an issue with it I think because for me the birds thing was more obvious and I picked up pretty early on that steel was actually healing with his hands as opposed to, but you're right, the wording is pretty subtle. So if you aren't looking at that, and, and I think part of it is I've read, and you've read a lot of Feehan too, but mm-hmm. I've read a lot of Feehan recently, and that might be the difference. I've read a lot of Feehan recently, and so I think I picked up on that, and I was like, is this a supernatural? Maybe? Okay. And so I was sort of prepped for that, and so it didn't feel quite as, as maybe so, she wants to I'm so to used to authors changing their genre mm-hmm. that it wouldn't have come as a surprise to me had it not been. But I don't think, has Feehan ever written anything that's not a supernatural? I don't think she has. Um, like, seriously. She's got her Dark series. She's got her Leopard series. She's got her uh, Shadow Rider series. And she's got this series. And she's also got her Ghost Hunter series. All of them are supernatural. This is as close to just straight contemporary as she gets. I, I don't. I think they're all supernatural. So, for me, yeah, she's changing. She's changing genre, sort of. But they're all. Oh, she's also got the Sea Haven series. So she's. Gosh, she's prolific. And another the Shadow Riders. Yep, I mentioned those. Um. Yeah. Then the 
thingy ink ones. Yeah. Then the dark series, which obviously everybody's used to. Um, so they're all supernatural. They all have paranormal elements to it. That's just that's what her home is paranormal. So for me, I think, and again, I have I have read more Fian recently than you have. So um, maybe that also helped me as well. So yeah. I think that's interesting. I think that's interesting. What else? What what else? Are you th- By the way, we, we haven't really talked a lot about heat scales, but I, I made a note. There was a, the first sex scene in this movie or in this book was like 30% in. Yeah, it was very, very early in. And not as early as another book I've recently read, but it was, that was early. Yeah, was. not as early as some of the books I've been reading either. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it was very early in. I think I'd give it a higher heat scale mm-hmm. if it hadn't felt as though he was pressuring her so much. Hmm. He was, and I mean, that was another thing that frustrated me. It was the constant, I'm a monster, I'm going to manipulate her and persuade her and seduce her because these are my skills. Even if she doesn't want to be with me, she's mine. And it felt quite... I think a lot of people, I mean, I, it, I, in a way it bothered me, but in another way it didn't because it was just the book. And, but I know that a lot of people may have an issue with the fact that it was, it did feel kind of almost dubious consent. Let me say this. Um, I, 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 and I've said it before and I'll say it again and again and again. Fiction is a place where you can explore things safely that you would not yeah. like in real life. And so in real life, I would look at Steel and be like, I'd run screaming in the opposite direction, right? I mean, <laughs> I would find the nearest motorized vehicle I could and tear off in the opposite direction in real mm. life. But as an uber alpha hero, with some sort of like, he's not a dom, like he's not that kind of, but he... Th- yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, as I said, I also have an issue with yeah. it. And, and, but and even when I when I said this book, I was like, so there are some dark themes in this book that you may not want. And, and I brought up the issue of, uh, you know, some people might read this as dubious consent. And so I, I get that. I, I understand yeah. where you're coming from. And I don't think the thing it's... Is, did you actually get a feel for the characters? I quite often, when I... I mean, I'm. I know that I'm not alone. I've read so many people commenting on this. When you read a book, you get a vision of the character in your head. Mm-hmm. You almost have that ideal casting. You know who you. For example, if you were reading um, Harry Potter, for example, you mm-hmm. have the idea of who's going to play young Snape. I'm mm-hmm. guessing you'd say Adam Driver. Um, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> See, but Absolutely. at the same time, you have that casting in your head of who will portray these characters. I didn't get any of that from this. Hmm. Normally, I'll read a book and I'll have in my head, oh, that person, this person would be absolutely perfect to play that role. And this actress or actor or whoever would be, yeah, I can see that person. Like we were talking about when we discussed um, the Cherise Sinclair and we were saying we could easily see The Rock Mm -hmm. cast as one of the brothers. Mm-hmm. We could easily see him. However, I didn't see anybody. Mm-hmm. 
at all. I didn't get any picture in my head of who they were. It seemed very... Um, Amorphous. It was a very, very rushed hmm. in a way. There was so much, so much happened so early on. In fact, my book finished at 90%. And then the next 10% of the Kindle book uh-huh. was actually promo for another series. Um, okay, I didn't think it felt rushed. That's not the word I would use. I th- and, and I do agree, though, that I didn't get a face cast. And I really still don't have a clear idea of Breezy in my head. And I've read this book a couple of times. So do you have an idea of Steel? Honestly, it's the cover. Um, more so than the book trailer. Because Feehan does book trailers on her website. And yeah, I know. I've just seen. <laughs> and, and her idea of a face cast for Steel is completely not mine. Like, I look at that, I'm, I'm like, nah, he's not Steel. Right, that's just not, I'm like, and that's a weird that I'm looking at who the author is seeing in her head, and he is not the same guy. So, mm. and I, you know, he doesn't have to be, it's not a big deal. But I really don't have a clear idea of Breezy or Absinthe or Ice or any of these guys. Like, I just, they're, they are sort of. Even after reading their books? Even after reading their books. Do you think that's a problem? As a reader, I mean, I'm a very visual reader. For me, it's not a problem. Pick up a book, start reading it, and immediately, as soon as you kind of get some idea of who they are, I get a vision in my head of who is going to play them, which is why I think I had a problem with casting in Harry Potter, the later Mm -hmm. books, Mm -hmm. in the later films. I can't, still can't watch them because I had a problem with some of the casting in my head. It yeah. didn't match what I saw. And that's, I think, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in that. But I struggled with this. I found Breezy very indecisive, which was frustrating. As I, said, I mean, it's a well-written book. I'm not going to say it's not because I like Feehan. I love her dark. I love her dark Carpathians. I love her Carpathian series. But I found Breezy's indecisiveness frustrating. I mean, I'm not going to join a motorcycle group. I'm not going to join another gang. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to join a club. I don't want to do this. I don't. Oh, yeah, of course I'll do it. What? Hmm. It frustrated me because See, no sooner you've just got that. She seems so I've, I've left this because that's not the world I want to be in anymore. And then all of a sudden, she's saying, oh, yes, I will. And then she's changing her mind, and no, she won't. Right. I would say that I look at Breezy as being, and this is mentioned in the book, and I was like, ah, interesting. She's young. She's young. (laughs) She's very young. But the other thing is, she has been abused her entire life. So she is going to have flip-flops and and trouble like accepting things or you know she she needs therapy I mean mm-hmm. so and she's had a really tough life and and Fian goes out of her way to describe how tough their lives were so and, and it's interesting how she does it with Darby one of the daughters uh, like they had you your entire life, Breezy. They only had us for a few days, and I, and you know we we're still in therapy, 
And then Breeze is like, holy crap, I really, like, she never thought of herself that way. And it's, so she's not a, she's not a victim. Like, don't, don't think that no. this is some spineless girl with no, with no spine. That's not, that's not. Breezy has a spine and it is steel spine. Like. Exactly, which is exactly why the flip-flopping and the end. When he has his um, massive explosion and he's all of a sudden, he's, oh, I'm letting my monster out, blah, blah, blah. Which was like, okay, this is really random, especially as I hadn't done the whole supernatural brain thing. Um, And he's having that massive thing and he starts having a go at her and telling her, what do you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but that is the point where I'd have gathered my stuff and walked. Mm Mm-hmm. Given that she'd already been through this with him, he'd already done this once to her, mm-hmm. and she stood there and just said, "Oh, you." And it's like, oh my god, it just—I don't know. I, I, it didn't. It did frustrate me, but at the same time, it didn't surprise me, given everything else I'd already read. Okay. Um. I, I don't know. I don't remember that as being something that really... I think I read it as Breezy sort of finally understanding how damaged Steel was. And saying, okay, what does he need to get through this? Because in the end, she's stronger than he is. Yeah, but he'd already told her to leave him alone because he didn't have any control of himself. So he was putting himself away from the situation and Mm -hmm. she was just walking straight into it as though, I mean, she must, well, unless she's completely oblivious to, well, she knew what her parent, her father was like, but she she also, she knew that. That's also an indication that she knows that Steele is not her dad, right? She knows that Steele isn't Donk or Riddle or Favor or any of those guys. She knows that he is not, and wow, what road names are those? But anyway, um, she knows that. And Lizard. Don't forget Lizard. Uh, creepy. But anyway, so. That relation, that was, I don't know about anybody else who read the book, but the minute she walked into that room with the beds so close together, my immediate thought was, they're involved. Yeah, that was, was creepy. Yeah, but then she was a psycho. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, it, but it was so creepy. Um, and you figure <laughs> that out, that, that, that it's bad, right? But I think for me, that's an indication that Breezy knows that Steele is not those men, that Steele is not someone who would do that. And she felt like, she, I think she had to be there to get him through that. Now, should he have done that? Absolutely not. But... At the same time, it it's like started, demons left the bed. I know, but again, it was a stupid thing to lose his mass about. Yeah, but. I'm speaking as someone who has um, seen that kind of relationship. Luckily, not been in that kind of relationship, but seen that kind of relationship—the toxic um, flips on the turn of a switch has drug problems, alcohol problems, a dark past. Having seen that and seen what kind of things that sort of man is capable of, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I, no matter what, trust him. Mm -hmm. 
that's what I mean that's I suppose I'm cut so I'm coming from the perspective of I've seen this mm-hmm and mm-hmm. I have seen this. I've seen someone drive into the front of a house in a car. Um, I've seen, I mean, I am not know that I'm not alone in having seen that kind of horrifying violence. Okay, so... So I'm coming at it potentially from a different perspective. And I looked at that particular scene with him absolutely flipping out over her leaving the bed... Mm-hmm. And it's like if he's like that over her leaving the bed, what's he going to be like if she moves out of the room? And that is what I suppose I had a more more of an issue with with her. Mm-hmm. See, I, I again um, breezy as written is not a victim. No. And I could see where, and she's not, a, no, the, the, there's no victim mentality with her, really. Or, I mean, she. There is a bit, because she is terrified. Yes, she's terrified. And and for me, the, the thing that really kind of like, like, I was like, really? Like, why? My thing was, how could Breezy find Torpedo Inc., but her father couldn't? Right? Is he just yeah. stupid? Like, and, and she was, you know, using process of elimination and all that stuff, which I guess requires a certain degree of patience that you don't have if you're addicted to cocaine. But he and certainly alcohol. had, yeah, he certainly had more resources than she did, but she was able to find Torpedo Inc., get an idea of where Torpedo Inc. was way more easily than he, her dad. If and I, not only that, it's it took them two years to find her. Well, and then... And she had hidden, right? And apparently, and they, it was a throwaway line, but apparently her dad found her because a brother, a sword, happened to go into the dining room, which she was a waitress in New, Z- in, uh, New Mexico. And so the, the word about where she was got back to him from that. And so he went yeah. after her. And so, But apparently Steele and Code couldn't find her because she kept her name off the books like her landlord rented her apartment for her and got herself in for her and bought a truck for her so they were looking for her and Steele had said he was going to go looking for her like he was getting close to being where he was going to go looking for her too so um for me it was just kind of like it, the thing that took me a little bit out of the story was her apparent ease at finding Torpedo Inc where her father with many more resources had failed although Clearly, he had his. And I didn't. Uh, yeah, you see, and I, the fact that I mean, she put herself in a in a situation that she didn't need to put herself in to give him that letter. If she knew where he was, why did she walk in there and hand him the letter instead of posting it? Okay, well, let's not get into America's postal system at the moment. Um, but um, <laughs> that has nothing to do with <laughs> Torpedo Inc. Um, she wasn't sure. She said that she's like, she thought it was them. She wasn't sure. She didn't want to mail it in case it wasn't him. Um, and the other thing is Jackson DeVoe wasn't hiding, right? He's a, he's a sheriff's deputy. He wasn't, or the sheriff, he wasn't hiding. So if, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, for me, that was the disconnect. So you did have one. Yeah, that was the disconnect. The more I read the book, the more it kind of niggled at me. But you know what? 
if I'm going to read Motorcycle Club Romance, this is probably what I'll read. You know, I mean, you, there's going to be a, a, an amount of suspension of disbelief no matter what, right? No matter how oh, many. Of course there, I mean, of course there is. But I think that the, for me, as I said, the the massive, the, the thing that sort of stuck out like a sore thumb, apart from Breezy's indecisiveness and Breezy's name, um, which really I had issues with, but I think it's because I'm English. Um, and it's just not a name that we come across that i mean you probably don't come across birdie either i actually worked with someone whose nickname was birdie no named birdie no but we do have bridey which is spelled b-r-i-g-h-d-e that's pronounced bridey yep okay anyway less of that i think it's irish because Irish, they have well, whatever. It's like Siobhan. Think about how Siobhan's spelt. Is that the S I B? S I O B H A N. And it's pronounced what? Siobhan. Siobhan. Well, I've been mispronouncing that in my head in every single romance novel I've ever seen it in. But let okay. me guess, you've been pronouncing it Siobhan C- or something. I mostly don't even try to pronounce it. I just skip it. <laughs> Should I not have like said that how, out loud? I'm sorry. I it's apologize. kind of yeah, but how it's like Hermione. No, I, I knew how to pronounce that. Yeah, but a lot of people have problems with it, which is why um, Rowling introduced Victor Crumb being told how to say it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, for me, it the my disconnect was the shoveling in of the supernatural that didn't feel like it belonged. Because as I said, I didn't even realize it until the very end. And then I thought, have I been missing stuff all along? See, I read it. I I picked up on steel with the healing hands thing. And so therefore I was more in tune to it throughout the book. And so I think it felt a little more organic to me than it did to you. But you're right. It is the most subtle application. It is the most subtle application of the supernatural that Christine Feehan has ever done. It's the series. I interpreted the healing hands as the fact, because they made point to mention it several times, that he was a surgeon. Mm -hmm. And he was an actual doctor, yeah. Yeah, you see, I took it to mean that he had healing hands as in like a doctor. Mm-mm, that's mm-mm. what I took it to mean. Well, and that's how I interpreted it. Right. But he talks about how he helped her, her bruises and all that stuff. And that's just like the warm light on her skin or something like that. And again, I, I agree with you. This is the most sur- subtle application of the supernatural that Fian has ever done. And so I think when you're used to her more overt supernatural, this is really low key. So I think if you're reading this book and, and you decide you want to read this book, which I actually I actually liked this book. Um, and, I, and I actually like this series, even though I've got some like questions here and there. But um, I... I mean, I'm a member of like the I'm a member of the um, honor circle on on her website because I've read all the the books in this series, which isn't hard to do because there are only four of them out right now. But but yeah, it is one of those things where you kind of have to maybe it would have helped knowing going in that it was that it was a um, 
supernatural, but I, I would agree that it's less obviously, less overtly yeah, supernatural. It's so, it's so subtle that, as I said, I've said so many times, it would have read the same without it. Mm. There was, as I said, the, the lines were so throwaway. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't feel like they had any relevance and they didn't feel yeah. like they needed to be there. I, I'm a little, I, I don't know, with absent than the whole he can hurt you if you don't, if you're lying to him when he's got his fingers on your pulse. There's yeah, I just thought of it. I just, I, I really was sort of like, why is he doing that? Maybe right. he notes her. Maybe he notices her pulse rate and her temperature. Because but did you not? You didn't notice that when she lied to him, she got a sharp pain in her head, and he was like, "I'm sorry, I didn't know." She, she it was the first time she's lied to me. You missed that. I didn't. It it's, didn't it's, click. It is very. It is for Feehan. It's subtle. That's all I can say. For Feehan, it's subtle. All right. So we have been talking for a lot longer than I thought we'd talk about Torpedo Inc. We are forty minutes in. So. Next time, I think we're going to talk about a trope, a rock and roll we, romance. We are indeed. Okay, Mostly cool. because we've been busy reading them. Yes, yes, yes. We've read some rock and roll romance. Um, and so, where can people find you? Oh, God. <laughs> I have actually got a domain. Um, you can find me at allaboutray.co.uk. So yay, as I said, I have a domain. You can also find me at Ray Reads Romance on Instagram. And that's relatively new in that I started it um, beginning of August, I think. Um, where else? All About Ray on Twitter. And Easy of course, girl. there Easy. is Huh? Busy girl, busy. You I'm busy. a busy girl. Yeah, I'm a very busy girl because I'm also relaunching my own podcast, but don't need to talk about that now because that's not coming out until September. And then where else? Oh, yes, of course. Um, romancenotdead.wordpress.com mm -hmm. is where you can find our blog, and ISN Romance is where you can find us on Twitter. And of course, we're also Romance Isn't Dead on Facebook. Wow. My list is way shorter. Um, if you want to talk to me, I'm Palmetta Blue on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and if you um, pop in on Facebook at ISN Romance, I will probably be around, right? Um, it's Romance Isn't Dead, right? Is that the name of it? And it is ISN Romance is the way you can find it if you do the at. Okay. Cool. All right. So anyway, it was a really fun chatting about this particular little quick read today. <laughs> and Ray, how would you like to sign out? Keep on searching for your happily ever after. And, and you? I would remind you that romance isn't dead. It's alive and well on your bookshelf. Bye. Bye.